You are listening to episode 67 with the Travis Loop, Director of Communications at the Water Environment Federation and host of our favorite podcast, Words on Water. This episode is brought to you by Moonshot Missions. Hey everybody, this is Travis Loop, Communications Director for the Water Environment Federation. This is a podcast that is all about water in communication, branding and storytelling and the things that we can all be doing better. It's water in real life with my good friends and podcasting cohorts in crime, the H2 duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. Hey water nerds, what's your moonshot? George Hawkins, former chief executive of DC Water, is president and founder of Moonshot Missions. Moonshot is a nonprofit organization seeking to disrupt the current approach to delivering improvements to water systems. Led by seasoned and skilled experts, Moonshot Missions designs replicable models that help utilities overcome the challenges they face in order to move forward. Moonshot can help you assess your system, select solutions from a pre-vetted menu of projects, plus develop innovative financing approaches. You are not in this alone. Moonshot Missions will help you collaborate with other leaders to work together, develop tailored mission plans, and share lessons learned. Together, you can build water systems that work more efficiently and effectively to protect and provide for the residents you serve while also saving your customers money. If you'd like to learn more or even share your own experience that might be helpful for a struggling utility to adopt and start on a positive path, visit moonshotmissions.org or email george at moonshotmissions.org. Hey, y'all. We were super excited this spring to get to share the session on communication with the Travis Loop at the Imagine H2O Innovation Summit and the focus was all on workforce and so of course we were giving our take on the role that communication plays in solving some of the major workforce challenges that we have. So we were so pumped up and inspired by the session that we put on together that we decided hey let's have a podcast and talk about it again and put it on both of our podcasts. So that's what this is. So we hope that you enjoy, uh, we hope you enjoy this episode and we hope that, you know, listen to it here and then listen to it there and we'll just combine all these downloads and it'll be like the most listened to podcast in water podcast history or maybe even podcast history in general. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Hi, welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop, but this is also... The H2 Duo. In the house. Water and Real Life Podcast. What's up, y'all? We are getting crazy with a podcast mashup. It's like words on water in real life. Or, That's ooh, right. Yeah, like that. it's how we mush them. Remix. That's right. We'll have to drop in some sound effects <laughs> later. <laughs> That's my air horn. All right. We, it took us 20 seconds to go off the rails. That's it. Um, so, uh, I, I don't think any of our listeners would expect any less, but so this is happening one, because it's long overdue, right? We've known each other for a while and needed to collaborate for a while, but, uh, we collaborated in San Francisco at the innovation summit put on by Imagine H2O and WEF, uh, where we gave a session on communications and better storytelling and better positioning your water utility or company. Um, that was a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I think Agreed. I think we wanted to uh, get on here and chat for a bit about the points we made that day, right? Yeah. Um, so we could share it with the masses. So we better yeah. we better get into it. Um, 
I think it started out with a really important table setting exercise or thought process, if you will. So Stephanie, do you want to let people know what that was? What, yeah. What? So when um, the uh, the innovation gurus reach out to you and say, hey, can you three talk about how we can use communication to attract the next gen? And you're like, oh, well, uh, no pressure at all. So um, so when I thought about how should we like kick this off, uh, Simon Sinek came to mind. I'm a huge fan of him. And for those of you that may be familiar with him, he has this thing called the golden circle. And really what the golden circle is, it kind of looks like a bullseye in Um, He talks about how like a lot of people are good at talking about what you do. That's like the outermost circle, how you do it. That's one circle in, but like fewer are really good at talking about why they do what they do. But this is the thing that resonates with the most people is knowing that why. And so we kind of approached the way that we talked to the folks in our breakout sessions was, okay, Yes, we know the what, the how, but like, let's really focus kind of on the why that we need to be talking about in order to bring the the next generation of people into our industry. So yeah, golden circle. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really a great like place to start with communications. Like I think for an organization, for a utility, whatever, as they're, as they're thinking about how they communicate both internally and externally, I love that idea of, of starting with that why, how, what exercise and put people through that. Um, you made that great point. People, people can say what, what they do pretty easily, uh, but it, it takes some thinking to like dig into it and then to be able to write down like why, how, what. Um, yeah. it was, it's really challenging, I think, to separate how and what also sometimes, right? Like sure. uh, as we mm-hmm. had people do that. Um, so I think that's a great – we think it's a great place for people to start. Like sit down and talk about why, how, what you do. Um, mm-hmm. And then we – we as communicators recommend <laughs> that <laughs> before you can really communicate successfully externally, that you really have to have uh, the internal communications and the internal substance. You know, like internal is kind of like the substance, external is like the style in a way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think, uh, Ariane, you have some thoughts on, on kind of internal communications and, and where good places to go with that. I do. Um, So we obviously believe wholeheartedly in internal communications. And we found this awesome stat from Ben Brugler um, with IKEA. Um, He says that 30% of employees leave within the first six months of being hired. Wow. Oh my God. That's nuts. A third, a third. third. Mm. So it's not enough in our industry to attract employees to the water industry and solve that whole 85% silver tsunami retirement thing that's looming over our heads and shoulders. We have to keep them there. And the way that we do this is by focusing, not just retain or attracting, but retaining and like making sure there's a positive workforce or culture in your workforce, in your company, in your organization. And that always in our experience has started with knowing that mission and knowing, you know, why you're doing what you're doing as not just as an organization, but as the department, as yourself. So we kind of talked about like what makes employees want to stay at a utility. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And 
definitely living by that mission, those core values is a huge part of it, but like also uh, creating this culture that sort of rewards success and failure. Uh, you know, I really, it really resonated with me at the first uh Imagine H2O Innovation Summit that we went to, I think, two years ago when Clifford Chan was talking about how um, from East Bay, from East Bay Mud, he was talking about how he has like a portion of budget kind of set aside that he lets his folks kind of play around with and explore. And, you know, obviously, like super important decisions have to be run up the chain and through him, but they have this this element of space where they can kind of innovate and explore internally. And I love that idea of the intrapreneurs. Mm -hmm. So to be innovative, you don't have to leave and start your own biz. You can, if somebody like your director, Clifford Chan, and if you're a director listening, I think it's a great example of ways to kind of encourage your folks to be innovative within. And that really sets up this culture where you have the permission to, to fail lightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's ways even like with, maker spaces like you could create your own maker space in your department or in your organization that allows employees to play around if you will yeah because any of you that have worked for a utility know that your field your field folks they're already tinkering they're tinkering and they're making up things in fact if you've ever heard George talk and speak one of his favorite stories is about the the field guy who who created the tool that helped them to lift the manhole, man, manhole covers right. easier and so like they're tinkering already so give them give them space to do that and make it a legit part of their job where they can do that yeah and i want to go back to the oh sorry travis no no go ahead i want to go back to the mission real quick because first of all it really sunk in with me when our mentor greg wukash um told shout us out shout out greg what's up yeah <laughs> I want the world to know about Greg. Okay, so Greg has this awesome presentation he gives about why and why you know it's important to know your mission. And his examples are um, tires, tennis shoes, and trash cans. And so, <laughs> if you're in an industry, you know he, his example is like, you know, someone, one person may think they come to work every day and they're making tennis shoes. And then they go to another person and they're like, dude, my tennis shoe is like not working out. And the guy's like, tennis shoes, I'm making tires. And they're like, what? And they're like, hold on, let's go talk to the boss. And the boss is like, tennis shoes and tires, what are you talking about? We've been making trash cans this whole time. <laughs> so it was this awesome visual to like really get to know why it's important to know your why and why it's important to make sure everyone knows why you're here and what they're doing every day. Yeah. Yeah. And can I, uh, I want to step way back to, uh, <laughs> to even before this. And I think that the, what we are trying to talk about here is, is helping the water sector with the communications they need to do to address these workforce challenges, right? To attract, to attract more people, to attract uh, more diversity, to attract different skill sets. Uh, you know, especially as we head into this 21st century of water. And the fact is, is the is the communication side of the water sector. There's a lot of very good things happening, no doubt. But there needs to be more good things happening and more mm -hmm. different type things happening. And that's, I think, what we're trying to touch on here with this conversation. And certainly the idea of getting employees to stay is essential, right? Um, stopping that, yeah. that turnover rate. Um, 
so one of the other things that uh, we talked about and that I think is important is, um, you know, how should a utility communicate in a, to retain its employees? Um, some of the really good ways to do that, we think, are, are using employees in the external communications, right? Mm-hmm. Not just yeah. have not just having it be the GM uh, or members of the executive team that are the face of the utility or or the company, but mm-hmm. uh, bringing everybody into that. Uh, I think there's a lot of good examples of this happening on social media, right? Where um, places like our good our good friends uh, at Northeast Ohio, um, who have the most on fire social media account for any water utility. There's a lot of good ones, but I think they're the, the best. Um, you know, they're always showing their people out there and what they're doing, and uh, both from hey, this is the job they're doing today, versus hey, here's a little personality splash from this person. Yeah, um, I love it. You know, and I, I, so I think that that involving employees in the external communications is a way to make them feel like, uh, wow, I'm part of this thing, and this makes me feel good about it. Um, mm-hmm. Another really key thing is uh, a lot of people in are in water because it's a personal mission for them, right? They yeah. understand how critical water is for our communities, how important it is for their families. Uh, there's like a real stake in this, in this sector. And I think that communicating that, communicating the absolute importance of what we're doing as part of the external communications and having... Mm-hmm employees be part of that is something that needs to happen more and more. Um, And you guys talked about a culture that rewards successes and failure. And I think that, uh, you know, utilities and others should do more to showcase those successes uh, and even the good attempts, right? Like um, not just the annual report or the massive $300 million infrastructure project, but there's like daily, daily successes. There's daily wins that are happening and uh, great projects that are opportunities for, for storytelling. So yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said story because I was going to take us back to the beginning like like you did. <laughs> and when we were talking about our table setting and you talk about the why is the part that we kind of struggle with and but the most important part and the why is really where you that that is the story. Your mission, that is the story of why you do what you do and the main characters of that story are your employees. And so absolutely agree with your point that you need to include them in those external communications because number one, it makes them feel valued. And number two, if I'm someone out there looking for a job, I want to know what it's like to work there. And the best way for me to find that out is by hearing from the folks who actually do work there. And if you work in the industry, you know how passionate the people who are here are. And those are the stories that you want to get out there and tell. And, and also like, External employees, yes, everyone at all levels, but in terms of like communication strategies that work to retaining employees, I want like every general manager and every CEO to find some way to work into their day. It not, doesn't have to be like every day, but on a regular basis, getting out there in front of your people and engaging with them and seeking their feedback. Because time and time again, we've heard how absolutely important that is to people at all levels to know that the person at the top of the organization cares about 
them and is interested in hearing what their feedback is about what's going on. Like, so keep, I would say get up and get out. Yeah, it's a key part of internal communications for sure. And uh, I love that you just gave, you know, general managers and executives at, at uh, water utilities <laughs> a homework assignment. Way to go. <laughs> um, call to action. Yeah. Call to action, maybe. It's your call to action. And so you, I think there's a good segue here because you also mentioned that uh, you we talked about using employees in the external communications will help attract candidates. So let's shift to the external comms side of things, you know, a little bit more of the style here and talk about what does make a utility attractive to candidates. You know, there, this is where I think we get really fired up on things that utilities need to do to make themselves a place that people look at and be like, damn, I want to work there. Huh. You know, yeah. so, yeah. so what does, what does help make I'll, a utility attractive? Let me say, hold, hold on. Can oh, I say, it, 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 yeah, well, I want to start, I want to start with this and that we talk a lot about the younger generation, the next gen and all this, but like, what does that really mean? And I want to give a shout out to Megan U. Schneider. Cause on LinkedIn, she talked about, okay, guys, we have to stop talking about millennials and how are we going to get millennials in? And yet like millennials are, they're, up, in. they're in, they're here. So they're, they're the ones that we need to worry about retaining, but attracting is Gen Z. And there's these Gen Z and Gen Alpha, which is now a breakout of Gen Z and learning more about them and, and what it is that what they want to be a part of. These are the 18 to, to 20 whatever year olds. It's yeah. like a huge, ridiculous yeah. 22 well, year span. Yeah. yeah. And um, so in terms of like one of the things that is attractive to them is they have a completely different mindset on the way that they view education. And um, a lot of them don't want to go into serious debt to get this degree that may or may not get them a legit job. And so they're actually much more pumped about alternative ways to get a good education that's not just college. And so the water utilities have an incredible way to, I mean, we have that. Hello from GED or PhD, we got something for you. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that we definitely need to do is to, to talk about that and to tell them like, Hey, we have licensing programs. We have um, specialized training programs that are specific to our industry that can help you move up and beyond um, within our industry. Like we need to start talking about there are alternative ways to have an amazing career outside of just going to college and getting a degree. No, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, breaking, breaking news out for people out there is, is uh, stop, stop worrying about millennials. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. We, Y'all, kinda... we have millennials. I'm a millennial. We've been working a while. Okay. We've yeah. Been working. Yeah. You guys are getting old now, actually. We are. Like, we like not, not eyes. you, not you. Wow. Right? Just, just, a, ju- no, I'm, I, I didn't Proceed. mean it that way. Sorry. Okay. So we're after Gen Z, which sounds some kind of like zombie thing to me, but uh, Gen Z <laughs> and, and Gen Alpha. Um, so yeah, we need to, to a, baby. enough with the millennial thing. The millennials are here. They're in, they're in charge. Um, cool. So anything else I, on, on? I was just going to add like how passionate we are as an industry, as people in the industry and how that is not the way of the world in a lot of industries. Nope. And that is a huge piece that we need to be like putting on billboards, like putting everywhere around the world, maybe not literally on billboards. I don't know, maybe, but everywhere, like letting people know, like when you, this is not an industry of like 
no knock on manufacturers, but you're not going to roll up into a factory and like twist a knob the whole time. Like you are going to be doing all kinds of things at any given moment. And you are, you love what you're doing and you're so proud of the product at the end because it is literally sustaining life. And that is the story that we really don't tell enough of. Yeah. You work for the industry. That's the cornerstone of modern day civilization. You know, like how many, uh, how many industries can, can say that, you know, and yeah. And, uh, something else that I think that we can do to attract people here is, you know, there's all these different, these different like tools out there, different cutting edge. We have a lot of amazing things happening within our industry that are that are innovative, like new ways of that are technology, like cutting edge things. And we need to be talking about those more. We're not just these brick and mortar uh, snoozeville buildings industries anymore. Like there's amazing things that are going on, like on a nanotechnology level, you know, like these are all things that we need to be that we need to be talking about. But on a much more on a much more uh, in terms of actually reaching out to people and attracting people, um, we heard a stat again from our Betty Ben that was like 60% of Gen Z view YouTube as a preferred method of learning, which made me think of like Tiffany Haddish's standup where she's like, says she has an, a degree in all these different things because she's watched YouTube videos about them. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, but I mean, just think about that. Think about the way that you get your information and the things that you actually stop to engage with and make your job postings reflect that. Make the job descriptions reflect that. Like if you wouldn't be interested in stopping to read the job that you're trying to get people to fill, like why is anyone else who doesn't have your passion for the industry going to like, think about those different channels and mediums and creative ways that we can get word out about these positions outside of just the standard. Yeah, posting. no, I totally, uh, two, two follow-ups or points off yours. I, I love the idea that we need to market uh, the 21st century water sector. Like you, you know, there's this stuff happening with with machine learning and blockchain and you know drone technology and you know water AI, AI and water water utilities are hiring data scientists and software engineers and it's it's becoming a high tech sector. You know, uh, and we need to be conveying that. Uh, to to potential uh, candidates out there. And then that idea with the job descriptions, like I think this is the thing that one of the things that gets me fired up the most and got you guys, gets you guys fired up the most, right? Like, uh, please spice this stuff up. Like make it, it is exciting. Like work with HR to, to develop job descriptions and job titles that are, that are different, you know? Um, And, so that it's appealing to people and it reflects uh, what's actually happening. And that will be more exciting to the, the people you have in-house that are filling those jobs. You know, they'll feel better about being the water magician in chief or whatever the heck it might, might be. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that's cool, really big. What about, um, I think there's some Can other- Can I add real quick to that? Add, like, add, add, yeah. Because what I hear often is we can't do that. We, well, we just can't do Who says? We Why? can't change the title. We can't give you that kind of title. That's a public or private sector title. That was said to me once. Um, just a water and utility. I want, I challenge everyone who has been told we can't do that to just ask why but why again to Greg Wu Cash from San Antonio water system, but why? Yeah. Just ask, you know, and if they give you a legit answer, like, 
I don't know, it's legally like you can't do it. Okay. You know, like, but you don't know until you ask why. Right. Yeah. And, and hey, there could be a bigger battle to fight there if it's if it's some, you know, sure. in some ordinance or something like that, you know, like it's time to talk to. But what if there's what if it's not? Yeah. Right. What right. It's just and one of those unwritten rules that we've just always done it that way. Right. Yeah. That's the worst. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I think with with reaching this next generation of candidate of job candidates which i when i say next generation of job candidates i'm not just referring to the age thing it's about the whole next wave right um and you know we there's a lot of legitimate talk about needing to increase diversity in the water sector uh diversity of all types right and and it's really important that as water utilities show their employees that they show uh, the diversity that is there so that people in a community can see themselves working at that water utility, right? Like, oh, okay, I could see myself. I do see somebody like me at this utility. Um, And so I think that's a really key part of increasing diversity is showing, hey, we, we want everybody of all types from our community to be here. Right. As someone from the outside looking in, like, I don't care about, you know, the race, the gender as much. Like, I'm country. I grew up on a farm. You know, I'm country. I want to know, do you have people like me in there? You have people that would understand me? Do you, you know, would that appreciate me bringing this side of me to the table? That's also diversity. Are they going to? Are they going to? Are they going to show that by having them talk in a video so you, so you, so you can? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying. You know, I'm just I'm playing. So For the record, the I way. didn't know you had like a country accent until like two two years after I met you. So I know how to button it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let it, let it, let yourself show. That's right. Um, but for anyone who questions the validity validity of the point that you just made, look at something uh, from an, the outside, like the success of Hamilton. So Hamilton wasn't successful because, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda used hip hop, but it was more about the diversity of the people who played the roles of the founding fathers and these historical characters that everybody had historically envisioned and imagined the same way. And he took kind of like the diverse landscape of the country as it is now and put these people in there. and. To your point, people were like, oh, I'm kind of thinking about history differently because now I see myself more so in there. And he brought this like whole new wave of people into being interested about the history of our country just by simply showing people that made them feel connected to the story. And so like, yeah, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in this same realm, the idea of job descriptions and just having a much more exciting job description, uh, you know, it doesn't just have to be text on a web page, right? Like, oh what yes. about photos uh, of, of what that job entails or a video of someone that's in that job talking about what they do or being, yeah. out, there, being out there doing it? Like, get multimedia with it um, yep. and have fun. So um, I think that leads into kind of like the last big bucket that I was hoping we could talk about. And that's our favorite bucket of storytelling. Right. Um, and I think sirens should be going off right now. Storytelling, storytelling. See, I love, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Um, and so this is the idea of like, 
we we gotta we gotta communicate in a way that's attractive by using stories like show personality show your mission put your employees on display use 21st century communications tools and tactics like it's not it's not a press release that just goes to the local newspaper we see a lot of great stuff happening there are leaders out there doing this stuff we're saying like everybody needs to be doing it and if you're doing it like do more of it and push the envelope, right? Like take some risks, have some fun, use your smartphones, um, do interviews with people, do live streams. Like, again, you see these things happening by the best ones out there. Um, just, yeah, don't get, don't get overwhelmed by, well, all I do has my iPhone and I've never done this before. Go try it. I mean, that's a huge barrier. I feel like that a lot of the, smaller communities face is they don't have all the they think because they don't have all the equipment all the fancy um, cameras and whatever you know else is out there like then I can't do it and that's just so untrue I mean phones are so amazing these days you just have to show up and and start recording yeah authenticity is like more important than overproducing something no doubt exactly I love it authenticity and just use the technology you have like Everybody, nobody has expectations of a Steven Spielberg type, uh, you know, <laughs> cinematic performance here. They're just like, that's that's how people get content and digest it is looking at that, looking at that uh, videos from smartphones and everything. You'll never get a budget approved for those items until you do start doing it and just kind of going like grassroots with it and yeah. building up that, you know, positive reaction from it. And then that's your proof. And mm-hmm. then. Now you ask for money. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the set. That's the setup, huh? And like, hey, can now I get a budget for this stuff? Um, yep, but that, but, yep. but, but, honestly, so many of these things can be done like without even a budget, right? As long as you've no got budget. you got a phone, you got computer, you got your social media accounts, uh, you got your YouTube channel, you got your website, like. You just you just go and do this stuff, and you don't have to have like a two year master plan for how you're gonna uh, schedule it all and where it's gonna go and how you're gonna, like just start start doing stuff basically, right? I mean, if an organization the size of WEF can have a one page strategic plan, like you guys can too. Like we do not need to <laughs> shout out. Shout out. Yep. I have probably never been more impressed in my life with a an association than when I was at a committee meeting and saw that I was like, oh, uh, I can do this. this it literally made Got me it. drool. Yeah, <laughs> like we were shout out. So like keep it simple and like some some fixes may be maybe completely easy fixes. Like going to your going to your point of using 21st century tools and tactics. I mean that might just mean that when you are putting out your your application, please don't make these people download a PDF that they have to fill out by hand oh and then scan back in to like what? Oh, and or the, or the, even the, worse, faxing, fax it. Yeah. Right? Oh my god! Like I'm a. I, I guess there's some things. I don't know what the legitimacy is of fax machines or why they're needed. Like even with like um, getting a mortgage, I was able to like DocuSign and e-sign things. Yes. You know? Like this, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I would love to take a, every fax machine in America out into a field like they did in office space. Office you know? space. Yeah. And just like, can we get rid of fax machines? It's 2019. 
Yeah. Yeah. And but, then we'll dispose of everything properly. Yeah. Of, of course. Co- oh, yeah. Yeah. No, you can recycle those electronics and the plastic. That's fine. But <laughs> yeah, thank you for bringing up the PDF and download and fill this out and sign it. And so it many applications are still like that. And if you have one that you have to download, fill in by hand and somehow upload slash email like you can pay like less than a hundred dollars a month probably like you can actually pay sixteen dollars and 23 cents a month <laughs> to get adobe acrobat and just take your pdf of the application put it in acrobat make it fillable online like at the very least please do that yes. that is your investment sixteen dollars and 23 cents a month <laughs> another homework assignment for hr directors across <laughs> america um so We've gone through our good list and everything we, we talked about. What uh, what are our parting shots here? What are we really trying to say to the water sector about communicating in a way to attract and retain this next generation of workforce? What's like your bottom line plea? I want everyone to write down on a post-it note, but this is the way we've always done it. And then I want you to scratch the heck out of it. <laughs> And burn it. And I don't know. I want you to leave it on your desk because I want you to see that that is no longer the way business needs to be ran. We do not do business as the way we've always done it. It's time to understand that we are in 2019. This is not 1985, 1995, not 2005. This is 2019 and it is time to step it up. Uh, I want to go to my favorite adage that we talk about all the time uh, of audience, 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 and remember who it is that you are talking to and that you're talking to human beings. And think about why you go to work every day. And it's not because of the bulleted items on the job description that's filed in HR. It's I want you to talk about the reason that you are stoked about coming to work every day. And I want you to use that as a way to promote the people coming in, not just next gen, but like you said, this new wave of water nerds that need to come in and get engaged and pumped up by this industry. Like talk to them about the human being reasons why you are so excited and so pumped up to work in this industry. Sell that. Yeah, I love it. So the the point that you have of of don't do things the way they've always been done because you have to remember your audience out there. You're actually trying to communicate to somebody. So make that how you approach it. And my thing is like, you have big, wonderful organizations full of talented, dedicated, passionate people. And when you're communicating internally, when you're communicating externally, use them all as your storytellers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Use them all and and mm-hmm. make them ambassadors that are empowered to go out there and talk about cleaning water and its importance to the community. Okay. Absolutely. You got some characters out there. Boom, use them. Boom. Oh, for, for sure. This was awesome. It was overdue. We will have to do it again. Yes, and, thank uh, you. And yeah, tons of fun. Uh, words on water in real life, mashup, wef, H2 duo, <laughs> Travis, Ariane, Stephanie. We're out. We're out. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd newsletter. Found at the h2duo.com forward slash newsletter. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. We share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter. So whether we come across your feed or in your inbox, be sure to share episodes with your friends, family, colleagues, fellow water nerds. Help us spread the word. 
We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, Those who tell the stories rule the world.